Welcome to Me Time, the podcast for women in midlife who've been taking care of everyone else and now say, it's my turn to take care of me. I'm Kim Aceto, health and self-care coach for women in midlife and your host. Thank you for spending your precious me time with me right now. Enjoy the show. Okay, so today I have the pleasure of being joined with my friend, Cindy Chavez, and uh, Cindy now lives in New York, and I now live in Vancouver, but Cindy and I met um, when I was a personal trainer, and Cindy was, and I was working at a little studio called The Body Zone in La Mirada, and Cindy would also work out there, um, but she had a different trainer, so she was not my client, um, but this was a little studio where, you know, different trainers came and they brought their clients there and, and we all worked out together in the same little space. Um, so I got the, uh, the pleasure of, you know, getting together with Cindy, you know, just talking as we're like passing each other in the gym and, um, yeah, and, and we really clicked. Right. And so Cindy, um, welcome to the me time midlife podcast. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. I'm really, really excited to talk to you, to see you, and just go over everything. It's been so exciting. A big year. Totally. Big year for both of us, right? And you know what, Cindy? Like you were, um, like I told you the other day, you were one of the people who really inspired me to, uh, to make a move to Vancouver because you moved to New York and, you know, that, you know, away from your family and all that kind of stuff. And you really inspired me to to kind of give me permission, you know, to be like, it's okay, you know, go, go ahead, go for it, you know? So thank you. Thank you. You know, um, I just, like I told you the other day, it was really scary. Mm-hmm. And when I decided to do it, I mean, I gave myself maybe a month to be like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm right. going to do it. The opportunity is there. Right. Um, I, I was in a good place to, to make that move. And I'm very happy that I did. And yeah. I really, it, it was like following my dream. So I'm very excited that you did it too. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's a good, it's a very good thing. Explore. Mm, yeah. I remember we went to dinner right before you, you moved, right? You got together with some of your, your closest peeps and I was one of those. And um, yeah. And, and again, I was just, I was super inspired by that. So, so that's great. And, and, you know, that's, that's the way you and I are, right, Cindy? Like we kind of inspire each other. You're also a listener of the podcast, which is awesome. Um, you're a little earlier in the midlife years, maybe not quite there yet. Um, but, but you listen to the podcast and you're all into, you know, like women's self-empowerment and supporting other women and all that kind of stuff, which we're going to get into a little bit today. So, so yeah, I'm so glad to have you here. And, um, okay. So why I invited Cindy here is because I wanted to have a conversation about, you know, body image and self-worth because we, as women, we deal with this like on a daily basis and it doesn't start when we're when we're women right it, it starts like from a very young age um and Cindy is a really you know Cindy you're a big advocate for this um you know something you told um me before is that you know you believe that we have this one life one body and that body works so hard for us so let's reciprocate that right can you share a little bit more about where this came from, where does a strong feeling come from for you? 
Absolutely. Um, Kim, this, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to preface it with saying I was an athlete growing up. You know, I was a runner for so many years. I had muscles, everything. But to me, that translated as fat. You know, when you're little, you, you, all you do is compare yourself. And it's a scary thing. You're looking at your friends who are naturally thin. Here I am, a little curvy, you know, young girl. And um, growing up with that mentality, it's something that, you know, I lived through my entire teenage years, still an athlete, went into my 20s. You know, I still was an athlete. Um, during that time, though, my mom also struggled. She struggled with, uh, you know, obesity through whole, her entire adult life. And it wasn't until I lost my mother to obesity. She, she suffered a, you know, a massive heart attack. And at that point I knew that this was a different message for me and I wasn't going to let her death be in vain. Uh, I was already very, very involved in fitness. I, you know, I, I worked out all the time, but my message changed. Um, it took about a year after my mom passed away for me to really understand what her death meant to me, what her condition, what she went through meant for me. And that's where I go back to self-value, um, understand your value. So my first message to women, to everyone, is understand you are your only person. You are the only person here that's you. There is nobody else like you. We have one body. We have one life. Our bodies, and you know, I, I'm sure we'll touch base on this a little later, but our bodies work so hard for us um, when we're sick. You know, our bodies naturally have the antibodies trying to kick that illness away. And why not reciprocate that with love? It's not necessarily just nourishing yourself, but even just loving yourself. You know, loving yourself so much that you understand why you have to nourish yourself, why you have to drink that water, why it's okay to go for that walk. You know, mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying to let go of, you know, having a drink here and there. No, no, it's just, just loving yourself. So that's where it comes from. Um, I dedicate each day to my mom, to mm -hmm. the women in my life, to everyone in my life, and to myself. And it's, it's important for me to spread that message. I mean, how old was your mom when she did pass away? She was fairly young, right? My mom uh, died a premature death. I say that she was only 59. Yeah too young. And so let me also say that, you know, Cindy, you don't just have this message and that's why I have you on here. Like this is something that you have dedicated your, your life to this, what I call like your mission, right? This is your mission. It became your mission, right? And um, you actually go and, and you've done this before. You've gone to um, back to your high school. Was it your high school? And you've talked to the girls about this. You've also presented at a conference about this, right? Share a couple of those things and, and what you share with, with those girls. Um, oh, absolutely. So I went back, it's actually my neighborhood high school. Uh, um, not, not the high school I graduated from, okay. but it was uh, Baldwin Park High School. Mm. And I met a phenomenal woman there. She was the advisor for a group called Adelante Mujer Latina, which translate to moving forward young mm -hmm. Latina woman. Mm -hmm. And uh, she invited me to present to her, um, to her group, my journey. So I spoke to them about my body image, my issues stemming from a very young age, to how they changed in my 20s, to how they changed in my 30s, and what I was doing for myself, and uh, how I became involved in personal training, 
and how my life completely changed when my mom passed away and how my mission changed at that point. And I circled it back to body image because ultimately, uh, you know, my mom and I had many conversations uh, while I was growing up and even as an adult where she struggled with her body image, which ultimately, you know, led her to her death, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it was that same presentation, and I call it my fitness journey, um, that I was invited to speak at the Adelante Mujer Latina conference in Pasadena. It, it was a humbling experience. It was beautiful. There were high schools from all over California. I was able to meet a lot of phenomenal people there. So uh, I spoke there. I was invited to a few, um, you know, groups here and there in the community, and it's just spreading the word and letting people know it's okay to love yourself. You know, there's, it's, I think now in our society, we're shamed for feeling good about ourselves. It's like, no, it's, it's a good thing. It's mm-hmm. a, you don't see that. You don't hear that mm-hmm. often, especially our young girls, you know, um, also with the social media, it's a different message out there. And mm-hmm. I try to pull away from that and, and have them focus on something different, something positive for themselves. Right. Um, so that's where I've presented at. Um, but you know, our, our story changes, our story changes. Our, my story has changed even from five years ago, from two years ago. And it's, it's an involvement, a constant involvement mm-hmm. in our lives. And it's exciting. It's scary, you know, mm-hmm. but it's exciting to share with people and to see how many people go through the same things you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I'm so glad that we didn't grow up with social media, right, Cindy? Like, oh, yes. <laughs> because imagine being a young girl right now, right? And, and going on social media and just seeing like oh. uh, pictures on Instagram of like, quote unquote, like perfection, right? Like no flaws, like thin and beautiful. And, you know, all the things that society tells us is, is beautiful and is perfect and, and is all of that. I mean, there there are just so many young girls that are committing suicide, right? And, and hurting themselves and all of that because they just don't feel like they can live up to the standards of beauty that, um, that we have in our society. And then not to mention the bullying at school, right? Um, it's so crazy. Um, but when we were younger, there, there were magazines, right? Um, oh, yes. Did magazines affect, uh, you know, like the images you saw in magazines, did that affect how you... Um, felt about your body growing up? Absolutely. Uh, I was huge on fashion magazines and, you know, my mom would get them for me because I loved looking at the high fashion, uh, you know, editorials. And so these women, of course, you know, these models, supermodels were like six feet tall, thin. Um, I remember at age 11, I asked my mom to get me slim fast. Mm-hmm. And I said, I need, I need to lose weight. And she's like, uh, are you crazy? But see, during that time, my mom used to go to a diet doctor mm. and I would go with her, not for me, but, you know, I'd join her and I'd see her get on the scale. I have diet pills. And I remember just wondering like, what are those? You know, every week I'd go with her and she'd have, and so it, I knew it was for a diet. It was for her to lose weight. And you looking back, my mom wasn't even, I mean, she was a normal woman, she was a normal sized woman and I could only imagine what she was going through at her age versus, you know, just compared to what I went through at her age, like later on in life. But yes. Yeah, so 
in the 80s, uh, I had the fashion magazines that I was obsessed with. And I thought, oh, I, you know, I don't look right. I, I should be looking like that. Not just with my weight, but even my skin color, you know, mm. so much of it. So I can't imagine being that age now with social media, um, you know, all these fad diets, these teas, these waist trainers. It's scary. It's scary. And I just, I, I hope mothers, sisters, you know, they're talking to their kids and, and educating them on what's important, what matters most mm-hmm. in life, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I think just about almost any young girl has dealt with with some kind of like fat shaming or some kind of feelings of ugliness or being overweight or whatever. Um, you know, whether it's like having brothers and your mom or your dad, you know, allows your brothers to to have seconds at dinner and doesn't allow you to have seconds, right? Or says, oh no, not for you, right? Or uh, the summer's coming, you better, you know, you better lose some weight or, you know, just little things like that. I mean, um, it's just, we, we all deal with little things, you know, and they add up over time. And like you're talking about, you know, this evolves and we continue to grow um, and we continue to learn about ourselves. And it's not so much the learning, I think it, but it's the unlearning right? Of all of this stuff that we brought into our adulthood. Exactly. Oh, I agree. 100%. You know, one of my biggest memories is my dad telling me at a young age, you know, the, the role, the lines on your neck, those were roles. That means that you're going to be big when you're older. Mm. So the lines on your neck, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, you're going to have roles and those are your chins. Mm. So in my head, that stayed with me and my dad's a good person you know but he just right I mean that was his explanation for me having lines you know and I'm like mm-hmm. no that was baby fat <laughs> you know right. when you grow up and you understand it and, and I still remember that day and I was very young and um we don't know how we're affecting kids we don't know how we're affecting other people with our words but we you know that's that's one of my missions with younger younger girls younger people is just understand that whoever's telling you something, they, they're probably going through something too, or they just don't understand and don't take it so personal because it's not about you. It's about them. Mm. So, you know, it took, it took a while for me to understand that, but I, you know, because not a lot of people have someone to talk to them about this. I, it's part of the reason why I'm so involved with it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we grow up with, um, you know, with our parents and we think that our parents are so wise, right? They know everything. They they have all the answers, you know, and, and it's not until we're older and we realize, okay, why am I, why do I feel like this? And this is not how I want to feel, but where does this come from? And oftentimes it's from when we were really young. So let's talk now, Cindy, about, you know, where are you now, right? So you actually evolved into, um, you, you were a training client and then you, and you were an athlete, right? And so um, that kind of all led you to wanting to train yourself, right? And training people uh, to get fit, right? To get strong and to feel good about their, their fitness and their health. But now when it comes to heading toward those midlife years, right? As we all are, I mean, uh, your body starts to change and you notice the, the changes and, and the differences in your body. Um, so what has happened now? Where, where are you when it comes to that as your body has changed? 
Um, I've transitioned into now, well, first off, going to have a physical. You know, I went to have a physical last year, and um, there's something I always say to people, do it for the healthy vitals. Mm. <laughs> I always say that because everyone's like, oh, do it, you know, work out, eat right, feel good. It's like, you know what? It, it's changed. My mindset has changed so much that now what I do is so that I know I am healthy internally. So uh, by going into that checkup, I discovered that, you know, my vitals are great. And I was very excited because it meant, hey, you know what? I've been doing something good for myself. Everything that I do is right. I'm drinking enough water. I eat right. You know, I'm not, I mean, my mom had diabetes. So that was a huge concern for me. Not being close to that was like, okay, I'm winning because I'm 44 right now. I'm, I'm doing okay. And I continue, you know, I, I plan on continuing that. But our bodies change so much. So I've very recently become a huge advocate on, you know, listening to our bodies, not just listening, you know, if it hurts or here or what, no, but really we are our own best advocates because we know our bodies more than anyone else, including doctors. So it's something big for me because, you know, of recent changes to my body Um, from that physical, you know, I had my mammogram. They discovered I had tumors in my breasts. They were benign, but I would have never known that. Mm-hmm. These are tumors that need to be moved, be, removed because in a few months, you never know, they could change, the cells can change. So that resulted from, you know, my yearly mammogram. Um, so that's something that I'm focusing on now is just really letting people know, like, go get yourselves checked out. Just know where you stand, not just your weight, but everything, everything. So that's been my huge transition. And I feel like that's going to be my big mission for the next several years. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. To, to go and, and get your checkups. Right. And that can be scary, especially if you have a family history like you have, right. You have family history. Of, oh yeah. Is there breast cancer in your family as well, Cindy, or no? There is. Yeah, there forget. is. Okay. I'm trying to remember about your sister. Oh, that's right. Your sister. Yeah. I remember. No, yeah. It, it was my mom actually. Your mom. Ah, okay. Okay. And then diabetes, of course, right. You said that as well. We all have stuff in our family history, right? Every single person. And so it can be scary, especially when you start to notice that your body's changing and you feel a little different. It's, you know, it can be kind of, you, you can feel reluctant to want to schedule your yearly exam because they might find something, Right. But what you're saying is that you want to know what's going on, right? You want to know because we have, again, it comes back to we have this one body. And I like to say that it's not like we're a car where we can, when we start to break down, we can trade it in for a newer version, right? Like this is Mm -hmm. it. Like this is all we got. You know, we can replace hips. We can replace our knees. We can replace, you know, all the different parts of our bodies, you know, our heart and our different organs and stuff. But but this one functional body, like how we get around, uh, this is the only one we have. So we have to we have to take care of it, right? We have to be responsible, and I think that's what you've been, right? Is just responsible and going to the doctor and saying, okay, I need to see what's going on. And so what what happened then? You went and got your physical, and they found um, that you had some tumors, right, in your breasts, uh, but they were benign. Okay, and then what else happened? Did they find anything else or? So they found the tumors. Um, I was scheduled for surgery in February Mm -hmm. uh, to have those tumors removed. And uh, in January, you know, and I remember it exactly January 6th, I began to hemorrhage what I thought was my normal period. It was actually just hemorrhaging. 
I had to put my surgery aside because something more pressing was, of course, affecting me at this point. After many tests, uh, you know, I went into my doctor. My doctor passed it off as, oh, you're just stressed out. You're still acclimating to your move to the East Coast. I said, no, I'm pretty sure something's different with my body. This has never happened. I'm always regular. Well, I don't know. So she did my blood count. It was very low. Um, she had advised that, you know, you, you, I think you need a blood transfusion. Well, let's see what's going on. So I had a pelvic exam. They found out that I had uh, two fibroids and some cysts on both ovaries. And meanwhile, you know, the tests are moving along every week. They're like, oh, come on in for this. Come on in for that. But my hemorrhaging didn't stop. So, you know, I'm losing strength. I feel like, I mean, I hate to be dramatic, but I felt like I was dying. I mean, it was so bad. And um, I finally, you know, I went to the ER and the emergency room doctor spoke with my doctor and said, there's no way we could remove these fibroids without you having to get a hysterectomy. So that was the next thing was um, on February 18th, I underwent a full hysterectomy. And, you know, it's, it's physically and emotionally, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with it, but I'm alive and I feel a lot better and I'm not hemorrhaging. And that was huge. So that was the next big thing that happened. Um, so that's where I'm at right now is I'm recovering. I feel great. I'm recovering from that. I'm healing. And uh, it brings me back to, you know, you know, your body best. If you know that something's wrong and you're not getting answers from your doctor, seek a second opinion because you know your body. And if you feel something isn't right, even just to give you peace of mind, just go to another doctor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, so you knew that there was something wrong. And even though the doctor, right, the, the quote unquote expert said, no, everything's fine. You know, like this, this is this is normal. This is just, you know, stress from your move and all of that. You knew that there was something wrong. And so um, the importance of really listening to your body and, and, you know, advocating for your own self, right, is really what it comes down to. Right. It's funny because, my, well, I'm not funny, but six months leading to January, I began to feel that that was my first red flag is, you know, my stomach was protruding out. And I thought, well, maybe I just gained weight. <laughs> you know, I didn't know <laughs> it was just sticking out. And I'm like, I mm -hmm. can't even, I can't even suck in my stomach. Mm -hmm. I felt very uncomfortable sitting down. Um, I was in constant pain. But again, even I had told myself, this is just, you know, maybe I'm just stressed out. Maybe I'm not eating right. Or I'm just having, um, you know, symptoms of, you know, uh, uh, ovulation, something. And as soon as they remove the fibroids, I mean, my body, I just feel like myself again. You know, my body just feels like, okay, it's coming back. It's coming back. It feels like Cindy did, you know, a year and a half ago. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's, it's amazing. That's great. That's great. So, um, wow. It's been quite a year then for you, right? It um, has. Dealing with all of that. So, so tell us now, Cindy, like what's, what's next for you then? Um, you know, as far as what are you going to do with, with, I mean, it's, it seems like your message continues to evolve, right? It, it started, it started when you were young and then it kind of developed 
Um, and then, you know, your, with your mom's passing and then with, you know, these health scares, it, it continues to develop. So um, how are you developing in this process? And what do you foresee for yourself as far as your message and, and what you want to do with that? You know, right now I, I am focusing on healing 100% mm -hmm. and allow, allowing my body to fully recover. I think that I made the mistake in the past, you know, when I'd get injured or hurt, I would jump back into things right away. It's, it's very different now. They removed a few things from me. So I need to allow it to recover. I'm focusing on that first and foremost, because along with just the physical change, um, emotionally and mentally, I, I'm working on that as well. You know, I mean, I'm a different woman now. My, there's a change in my mind, you know, like where, you know, I was contemplating having kids. Now I know, okay, I'm not going to have them, but that's okay. So I'm focusing on that, um, but I also want to get back into presenting and speaking to groups of women, groups of people who, who just need to hear similar stories. They, you know, a lot of people go through this and we don't know. We don't know. And I, I, I think I mentioned to you the other day that I went back and forth with myself. Should I share my story? Should I let people know? And I am so glad that I did because I have received so many messages from women who are going or have gone through the same exact experience. And oh, I don't know why it, it, it could be a shameful topic because it shouldn't be. The, these are our bodies. And just like me, a lot of them had questions. They didn't know what they were going through. They didn't know what was normal, what to expect. So it's something that I definitely am going to look into um, getting into, um, you know, advocating for women, for ourselves. and. Um, and also presenting, I do plan on submitting a few um, presentation requests to a few groups. So hopefully within the next six months to a year, you, you know, I'll have more information on that and invite people out to go check, check out my presentations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And just personally speaking, where do you feel like you still have room to grow? Um, because, you know, you're not there yet. I'm not there yet. Nobody is there yet, right? We're still growing and evolving. Where, where do you still have to grow when it comes to your own body image and your own self-worth? What do you see? You know, I think every, every day, every year is, is huge. Um, I see myself in a great place right now but there's always just like you said there's always room to grow and we are always evolving um what i see as value you know what, or self-value now is very different from what i saw five years ago mm. self-value right now is respecting who i am respecting where i come from uh respecting myself as a woman my body respecting my partner and respecting and appreciating life and that's what i'm working on. That's my main focus every day. Every day is giving gratitude because I am very blessed. I'm very lucky to be where I'm at and I'm very blessed to be alive, you know, and, and I think, I think everyone has room to grow in that sense to continue to appreciate. Cause sometimes you know, we have our bad days where we won't feel that we'll be angry and we just have to take a few steps back and remind ourselves. And that's, my everyday, you know, I, I look at it, I think of three things that I'm going to be happy about and be appreciating that day. And I focus on that. Mm -hmm. um, so I, that's a daily thing for me, right. you know, a continuous growth for me. 
Right, right. And I think we deal with it so much more than we think. I mean, even just when we when we get dressed and we look in the mirror, I think oftentimes we as women, we tend to see the things we don't like about ourselves first, mm-hmm. right? We're like, right. Oh, like, oh, I always, I, you know, I just, I look so fat in this or my shoulders are so broad or, you know, I'm so short or I'm whatever, you know, like we just have these things. And so um, it, it's a practice that we can do every day is to, in the very least, if we, if we do that, if we see something we don't like, maybe we can try to balance that with seeing something that we do like about ourselves, you know, and, and realizing too, which I love about your message message is that our value as women should not be solely on how we look, but on who we are and who we're becoming as women, right? Because my whole mission, Cindy, as you know, is to, um, you know, I want to live in a world where women are empowering other women, right? Instead of pulling each other down, we're uplifting each other, we're supporting each other. Um, and we have to do that with ourselves first. And we, when we begin to do that for ourselves, then we can begin to do that for other people, right? Other women as well. Exactly. And that's a beautiful message. And I, I'm a huge, huge supporter of that. And that's, that's what I want. That's what I see. And it feels good it feels good to want the other person to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would always tell my clients, I would never give you anything that I didn't believe you could not do. Mm. I believe in you. I just need you to believe in yourself. And it was whenever I saw them surpass, even surpass something, I, I'm like, oh man, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I was so I was so excited. I, I love it. And mm. It's huge. And to see younger women uh, succeed and do so much for themselves, that's exciting for me because I'm like, these are our future leaders. This is what we want. I want my nieces to look at women and to look at us and say, you know, they, she fought for me. Mm. I am going to do what I can to keep that trend mm. um, because that's what it's about. I mean, how it's, it's fulfilling inside Mm-hmm. to see other people succeed and to and to know that you're being supported by a group mm-hmm. of women by by people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great Cindy. Well, thank you so much for the work that you do and for coming on and sharing with us, you know, your mission and 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 what you believe that we can still do to move forward as far as, you know, valuing our bodies and taking care of our bodies and listening to our bodies right? Um, which, is, which is so important. So I want to have a call to action to all the ladies listening. If you have not scheduled your yearly exam, especially, you know, once you turn 40, uh, there are certain exams you have to start getting, right? Once you turn 50, there are some additional exams and 60 and so on. And so make sure that you, you schedule those in because you don't want to have to be in reactionary mode. You want to catch things as soon as possible if there is anything. Then you can, then you can do things to, to improve whatever needs improvement, whether it might just be a, a lack of vitamin D or, or some vitamins like that. You know, you never know. It could be something small like that. Anyway, as we do these things, Cindy, as we take care of ourselves, uh, what we do is we become examples for other women and girls uh, to take care of themselves too and to value their own health. So thank you again so much for coming onto the Me Time Midlife podcast. Before we go, I forgot to ask you this question in the very beginning, so I'm going <laughs> to ask you right now. What do you enjoy doing during your me time? Oh, during my me time. Yeah. Um, the number one thing is journaling. Mm. I write. 
I write, I write every day, you know, I'm on my phone, I'm typing, I should say maybe I'm typing on the notepad, (laughs) but I write, I write what I'm feeling, whether it's what I'm going through, what I want, I have my little vision boards, you know, Mm -hmm. I do that, Um, I listen to music, I meditate, and um, I escape from electronics, that's Mm -hmm. huge, Mm -hmm. Uh, so that, that's what I do on my me time. That's great. It's it's calming. (laughs) Yes, that's great. Yeah, filling your cup. Absolutely. All right. Thank you again so much, Cindy, for coming on. Thank you you so much. Thanks, Kim. If you find the Me Time Midlife podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it and support yourself while doing it. You can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can tell your friends about it or share it on social media. And if you want more me time in your life, consider becoming a member of the Me Time Midlife Community. This is my online community of like-minded and like-hearted women in midlife who want to take charge of their life by cultivating their health, happiness, and purpose while building connections and friendships along the way. There are many benefits to joining, including monthly member-only Q&As with some of the experts you hear on the podcast. Plus, as a listener of the podcast, you get a special listener discount. Go to metimemidlifepodcast.com to learn more. Again, thank you for listening. And until next time, remember, you've been taking care of everyone else. It's your turn to take care of you.